Well, that was, uh, I don't even know what adjective to use. That was absolutely dreadful. Tigers lose one nothing. Let's talk about it. I can't wait. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. Almost said 22. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code Locked on MLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Well, the Detroit Tigers lose a ridiculous baseball game. Uh, They lose to the Kansas City Royals by a score of one to nothing. Very, very frustrating game, obviously. That's probably a use that I will word, a word that I will use, not a use that I will word, uh, a lot throughout this episode. Frustrating. And there's, there's a few reasons why. One is obviously just get shutting, getting shut out at any point is unbelievably frustrating. Getting shut out by one of the worst pitching staffs I've ever seen is even more frustrating. Don't really care which one of the pitchers it is, to be honest with you. Getting shut out by anybody in the Royals rotation at the moment is a failure at work that day. Um, Lynch specifically, that's his first win of the season. This is a, a guy who... I never intend or want to disrespect anybody playing baseball at the major league level. You are far better at your job than than I am. Uh, you are, you know what I mean? Like that. that's one of the, the, you're one of the best in the world at what you do, right? So I, I never want to disrespect anybody who is playing Major League Baseball. That being said, when it comes to Lynch specifically, this dude has a almost 50 starts under his belt in his career. He's like nine and 22 record, an ERA of about five, three, and a whip of over one and a half this season. His ERA going into this game was about six, over six, hadn't recorded a win yet, and now his ERA is like four and a half, and he's one and three on the season. I've said it a lot. I'll say it again. I uh, Again, no, no disrespect intended toward Lynch, but I'm just very tired of the broader picture and, and the broader concept that every single pitcher has the potential to shove against my baseball team. That's the frustrating part. And it happens time and time and time again. And I'm just so tired of it. I'm so tired of the, we say it all the time. Like, don't, I'm tired of being everybody's get right game. Everyone's. Everybody's get right game is the Detroit Tigers. Oh, you're struggling. You haven't pitched well lately. Well, circle the Detroit Tigers. And that happened yet again. And we'll, we'll talk about the offense specifically later and kind of what went wrong. But it's also frustrating. One of the weirder concepts that has been a trend throughout this season is that the Tigers offense acts as if the fastball changeup, like tunneling combination low in the zone was invented two weeks ago. And it's like some revolutionary thing that no one has ever seen before 
And it's one of the simplest tunneling methods in the sport. Like it's one of the first things you're taught. Like when you're a, you're a pitcher or, or if you're a catcher and you're, you know, receiving and, and calling games or whatnot, like one of the first combinations you're taught is low fastball followed by low changeup. <laughs> like just mix them well. And like, again, this is a major league pitcher and he obviously has gotten here for a reason and could absolutely do that to, to, to a majority, you know, 99.9% of the population. Absolutely. But he's going up against other major leaguers. And it's just fascinating to me that every single time we get a pitcher with that mix, he only threw two pitches. He only threw two pitches. He threw 10 non fastball changeups the entire game. Seven sliders, three curveballs. And between those two, not a single one of them was a strike of those 10. Zero called strikes, zero swinging miss strikes. So he threw two pitches, a fastball and a changeup, and the Tigers could do absolutely nothing with it. They only had two strikeouts against him. He only struck about Toyota two Ks. He had two Ks and two walks. But here we are, just completely fooled and no ability to hit the ball hard. They had a couple of long outs, but certainly not anything that would be like, oh, look how unlucky they got. No, they got dominated by a dude whose ERA was over six going into this game. So frustrating. So frustrating and so tired of it. I do want to talk about uh, the medical update that was sent throughout the organization. The PR department releases one every week. We talk about it all the time. I do want to discuss that, and then we'll get into the game itself, kind of more break it down more. We got to talk about the lineup and how a lack of a certain player in it. Um, but first, let's let's talk about this medical update. So Akubadu returns to uh, like a running progression, and that should kind of be it for him. Like. I, He'll have a rehab, a couple of rehab starts just because he hasn't faced live pitching in a while at this point. But um, like it's a quad injury, so there shouldn't be anything like with the swing or like make sure, you know, should just be like once he's running without pain and, and with trust in his quads, then he should be good. Uh, Bo Brisky is in AAA now, so that's kind of exciting. Hopefully he's another step closer. Alex Fiedo through a bullpen session on Tuesday. Riley Green completing a return to play running progression. Oh, I hope he's back soon. I hope he's back soon. I'm kind of eyeing the all-star break. I would imagine that would be right after the all-star break, but that's kind of my first inclination. That would be, you know, like the six to six-ish week range. I guess that's me trying to be optimistic here, but um, they also refuse to use, refuse to use the word fracture. They keep saying stress reaction which is very fascinating to me. Um, so, yeah, he's, like, playing catch and, and, and hitting balls into the cage or whatever, but uh, just needs to, you know, prove that he can run, obviously. Matt Manning has another rehab start in AAA Toledo on Thursday, uh, this Thursday, on uh, the 22nd. Casey Mize is playing catch five times this week and is scheduled to throw a box bullpen tomorrow. That's today as you're listening to this, the 21st. I still have no inclination that Casey Mize will pitch in a Tigers uniform this season. I know there's a lot of people that are, to me, like weirdly holding out hope for that to happen. Uh, he had like a pretty significant back surgery and Tommy John. I, I, I would be 
I would be stunned if if they if he pitched at the end of the season, especially like we're going to be out of it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just I don't see any world in which that happens. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on it. Eduardo Rodriguez throws a bullpen and he's supposed to throw a live BP on Saturday. Great sign. Hope, I mean, the next step after li- a couple of live BPs is rehab. So hope, hopefully that renders true when he's back sooner rather than later. Tarek Skubal supposed to make another rehab start in AAA on Wednesday. Today as you're listening to this. And then, yeah, Matt Veerling's on here, but he pinch hit on Tuesday, so I can't imagine that that's too terribly serious. Uh, then Trey Wingenter is scheduled to, uh, to to throw out of the bullpen on Tuesday night. Spencer Turnbull's on there too, but it's just a whole lot of we don't know. Um, we we I could talk about that situation forever, as you all know. We kind of talked about it yesterday. Okay, let's get into the ballgame. Let, let's talk about the lineup. That's where I want to start. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at game time. The Tigers were not clutch in this ballgame on Tuesday night. But game time is. You can forget planning months in advance. Game time has tickets and deals on up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee also means you will 100% always get the best price. And the reason for that is because if you find tickets in the same section in row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. They're sent directly to your phone. Don't have to dig through your wallet, your purse, your email, etc. Just straight to your phone. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping the series finale against the Kansas City Royals. Look, there is no excuse to not win this series. I don't even care. Genuinely, I I, I don't. I'm still not going to say the W word, but like there is no excuse to not win this game. None. You should have swept this team. And the fact that you're Kerry Carpenter away from being down 0-2 is pathetic and embarrassing. So go win the series. Let, let's, let's, come on. <laughs> Golly. Okay, so Detroit Tigers lose one nothing. We're st- starting with the lineup here. Kerry Carpenter, nowhere to be seen. And the lineup card, no Zach McKinstry, no Kerry Carpenter. Zach McKinstry hasn't been doing well in the month of June, really at all. His OPS is now down to 712. It's plummeted. It was over 800 at one point in late May, early June, now barely above 700. That one doesn't bother me as much. It shouldn't bother you as much either, especially with a lefty on the mound. Kerry Carpenter, a lot of people got really upset that he wasn't in the lineup. And... Uh, I mean, I agree, Uh, you know, anticlimactic like that is I I think it's preposterous. And in general, throughout this season, we have had a plethora of conversations about A.J. Hinch's lineup card and the lineup management and how he sets matchups up righty lefty certain pitcher, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't even care. 
there there is no excuse to not have Carpenter in the lineup in this ball game. And when we talk about AJ Hinch, I tend to side with AJ more than the general public does with this kind of stuff. Um, I, I think that this is a roster that has so many like four A players on it, even just like straight up triple A players on it, that I, I I can't blame AJ for wanting to play the matchups one through nine every single night, every single game. But Kerry Carpenter at this point needs to be in the lineup every night. And there's a few reasons as to why this game specifically really bothered me. Okay, so we, we already have just the fact that he's your best hitter. That's, you know, everybody can see that. That's the reason why everybody's frustrated. But the next step would then to be look at the ready-lefty splits. And Kerry Carpenter hasn't hit lefties poorly this year. Now, he's only had, I believe it's nine plate appearances against left-handed pitching all season. And the reason for that is because A.J. Hinch doesn't let him face lefties. But in the nine plate appearances he's had against lefties, he has a walk, he has a homer, he has an OPS of over 1,100. Now, again, that's a very, very small sample size. If he goes 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 against a lefty one day, that's going to plummet down to like the 8 or 700s, right? But the fact of the matter is, in the situations you have put him in against left-handed pitching this season, he has not struggled. He hasn't. 2022 Kerry Carpenter had an OPS under 600 against lefties in a decent sample size and an OPS of almost 900, mid 800s, whatever, against righties. This year is not last year. And when your team is this bad offensively, like why are we saving roster spots and, and, and at bats, I guess I should say, for Eric Haas and Jonathan Scope? I know Scope is playing third, Kerry Carpenter, whatever. That doesn't make sense. Fine. Eric Haas, same conversation. He has a 212 average and a 564 OPS. I love the dude. And, and, and I hope every day he turns it around. Because last year, he was awful for the first two months of the season and then did turn it around. But that has not happened. And, and I just, I don't understand. And the next part I'll go to is just the the lefty matchup in this game specifically, right? Lynch goes out there. He threw two pitches. He threw fastballs and change-ups. That's it. So it, it'd be one thing to me, at least, optically, if this dude is a crazy good sweeper, right? Lefty, lefty is is hack for left-handed hitters against him because he can just, you know, get the slider low and away, get the curveball low and away, get the sweeper low and away. Any big loopy pitch that lefty-lefty, you can pound low and away, I totally understand. You know what? He, Carpenter really struggles with those. We're going to take him out of the lineup. He has two pitches, and he just hit a changeup 900 feet. It was like 350 for a go-ahead homer yesterday and no it wasn't against a lefty but like I and yes his fastball his stats against fastballs are significantly better than his stats against breaking balls and changeups we've talked about that all year but since coming off the IL they're a lot better and he's hitting the ball to all parts of the field he's hitting non-fastballs a lot better again just hit a non-fastball for a home run not 24 hours ago to win you a ball game 
I, I, I just, I, it, it, I really, really, and again, like I, I'm a, a person who more times than not, I side with AJ on these lineup cards that I thought this was inexcusable. I, I, I do not understand it for the life of me. And it really, really frustrated me, really frustrated me. So that all happened before the game even started. And then the game starts, they get sliced and diced. Um, by by Lynch, who, again, we already read his stats. We don't need to go over those, those again. But they weren't getting struck out a boatload. They, they didn't, again, two, two strikeouts, 10 or 11 whiffs. That's like a pretty middle-of-the-road number. I think he had nine on the changeup specifically. But outside of that, only only two whiffs on non-changeups. It, it, it was just uh, uh, anything in the strike zone they couldn't do anything with. And we can kind of go, I mean, Zach Short had two more walks in this game. Thank goodness. Spencer Torkelson, 0 for 4. In the last week, his batting average is back to under 200. This dude just, its I'm sure it's frustrating for him just as it's frustrating for all of us. So I, I, I'm not just going to be like, oh, poor me. Like, I'm sure it's frustrating as heck for him too. But cannot string good, like, consistent, results and, and performances together just cannot like we'll go on an absolute heater for a week and then the next three four five games it's right back where he started I didn't think any of his at-bats in this ball game were good I was pretty pretty disappointed with all four ABs and there weren't any strikeouts he went 0 for 4 no walks no K's but pop-outs routine grounders just was not able to do any. I mean, came up in the biggest moment of the game, right? I mean, there was bases loaded two outs against a oldest Trapman. Swung through two pitches and then hit a routine ground ball to shortstop. It's just it's frustrating. That's, that's the word I'm going to continue to use. <laughs> it's frustrating. Andy Abanez gets another hit. Javi Baez with three of the most like immature is honestly the word I want to use at bats. You'll see. I, I think in the first three ABs, he saw like five or six pitches total. Like just, and that was honestly, that was a theme throughout everybody. Everybody except Zach short throughout this entire game, just like refused to work the count against a dude who hadn't won a game yet. And had an ERA over six is nine and 22 in his career. And we were just like, yeah, let's just go up there and just hack, dude. This will be easy. He's a major leaguer. Unbelievable stuff. It's not unbelievable. It's actually way too believable, which is the really sad part. Jonathan Scope has like, we'll get into Jonathan Scope after. I realize I'm going to talk about that for a minute. Uh, We'll do that right after I tell you all about our friends over at Marg's. This episode is brought to you by Marg's Sparkling Margaritas. You guys know I love a good drink, and I've been trying to find a replacement to the typical White Claws and High Noons of the world. Thank goodness I stumbled upon Marg's. They're refreshing, ready-to-drink sparkling margaritas as have officially become my go-to cocktail. They're crafted with real Blanco tequila. They're clean, crisp, and they genuinely taste so good. They've got five unique flavors. So there's something for everyone to enjoy. I love these the most, kicking back after work, watching a game on the weekends, or just hanging with friends. This summer, I... I can't wait to continue to pack my cooler with Marg's for backyard barbecues, boat trips, 
and days at the beach. Margs are the drink of the summer, no question about it. And they're going to be the perfect tailgate season drink this fall as well. So visit sipmargs.com to find a retailer near you. That's S-I-P-M-A-R-G-S.com to find a retailer near you. Must be 21 or older to enjoy. Cheers and please drink responsibly. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all so much for continuing to tune in, even when this team gets shut out. Um, so we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, too, but like th- one of the other reasons why this offense has been so frustrating is they have they continue to get shut out at a, at a very not good rate. But when they do score runs, they put up six. It's just, it's so mind boggling to me. Like they, they, they don't, they haven't had ever since the losing streak ended, they haven't had very many games where they've put up like two runs or three runs. They've lost games in which they've put up seven, eight, six, right? Not sure why I said it in that order, but like, you know what I mean? Like they, they are consistently put up the average runs per game over the last like week or maybe even 10 games is pretty solid. The issue is they've still been shut out multiple times in that stretch. Um, And when you look at who they are going up against, then it gets even more mind-boggling. Joe Ryan torched them. Sonny Gray looked fantastic. Great approach. Spencer Strider tagged him early. Three homers against him. In the first couple of innings of the ballgame. The Royals. Throw out two of the worst everyday qualified fifth starters in baseball. Shut out. And I guess we ended yesterday with six runs. But Lyles was only responsible for three. And two. Yeah. I think he got pulled. He had only given up one run when he got pulled from the game. It 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 does it, it doesn't make sense. I I I don't really have words. It, it's mind-boggling, truly mind-boggling. Jonathan Scope is what we were talking about before the break. There, um, like once every two weeks, he'll have a game where I'll watch him and go. I'll be honest. I would not be shocked if Jonathan Scope was DFA'd after this ball game. This was another one of those. And yes, he had a fly ball to the warning track. Sure, it was an out. But like he almost had his first homer of the year because we play for almost for sure. Um, but he goes over and has two should have been errors. I'm not sure what baseball is doing with the way they record errors these days. It's laughable, to be honest with you. The Tigers end this game with no errors. Jonathan Scope easily should have had two. Easily. One, he he couldn't get he couldn't grab the ball out of his glove. Salvador Perez beats out an infield single. And then the other one bounced right here, just popped out of the net. Those are both errors. I'm not sure what we're doing, but okay. Um, so, yeah, was dreadful in the field, continues to go over. His numbers on the season, uh, what does he have? A 198 average and a 528 OPS. Eric Haas, 212 average, 564 OPS. <sighs> Mariznick, 186 average, 518 OPS. Javi Baez, 622 OPS. 
Andy Ibanez was the three hitter in this game, and people laughed. He had, what, the third, fourth highest OPS in the lineup tonight? What you laughing at? <laughs> He's actually been on a heater lately, too. Didn't mind it. But Kerry Carpenter not being in this lineup while Eric ha- like we need Eric Haas to hit against the lefty right now. Really? I don't think we do. I I I don't. I, I don't think we need Eric Haas to get his ABs against lefties. I really don't. Same with Jonathan Scope, but Kerry Carpenter's not a third baseman. <sighs> okay, let's talk about Michael Lorenzen. Uh, he was a bright spot in this ballgame. Michael Lorenzen looked very, very sharp. He ends up going six innings, six hits, one earned run, three walks, and seven Ks. I thought the first inning and a half, two innings, he looked pretty brutal, and I was really, really worried that we were about to get blown out by the Kansas City Royals. Instead, we get, honestly, maybe a more frustrating result, uh, but he really locked in after like the fourth or fifth batter in the lineup. Once he got through that, he kind of uh, honestly kind of cruised the rest of the game, um, gave up a couple of like seeing eye hits, but didn't get crushed, didn't give up a ton of extra base hits. Uh, the walks all came early, really locked in later, and also got absolutely hosed by awful defense behind him and still was able to overcome it and only give up the one earned run. So yeah, I, I thought he was really sharp. Uh, he continues to be kind of a two pitch pitcher, but the two pitches he uses depends on what hand this the batter is. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, really no complaints at all. 13 whiffs, uh, again, seven strikeouts, 31% CSW percentage called strikes plus whiffs percentage. Um, he was good. He was effective. I, I really enjoyed he, he, like after again, after the second inning, really attacked the strike zone, uh, stopped kind of trying to nibble and just went after dudes. And against a, a Royals lineup that's as decimated and bad as this is, that's how you should be. You shouldn't be nibbling against the Kansas City Royals. Just go attack, and and you should still be able to win ball games. So, yeah. Also, uh, threw seven sweepers in this game, which like he has uh, the slider we know about, but he threw seven like distinctly more loopy pitches than his normal slider. Through 12 of those as well. But like, like there was a clear difference in, in the pitch. And that was that was kind of interesting to me. So we'll see if that tends to be a, a trend going forward. But yeah, for the most part, he's gonna be fastball change up. And then if you're a lefty, he's gonna he's gonna throw the slider at you as well. Um, yeah, so he was good. I don't really have too much else to add, to be honest. I don't have like a huge in-depth thing, just like he did his job. And the fact that he's gonna get tagged with a loss in this one, I think is pathetic. Um but that's how it goes. Another quality start for him. Uh, gave you innings. Checked off every single box. I, I, I have a hard time at, believing that anyone would have asked for more from Michael Lorenzen in this ballgame. In the bullpen, Jason Shreve, I thought he looked really, really sharp. He threw a sweeper in this outing. Most of the time for Shreve, we're used to the four-seam fastball and the splitter. In this ballgame, he threw four of his 14 pitches with this big loopy sweeper, and it looked kind of it kind of excited me a little bit. It got uh, only one swing on it and the four times it was offered, but it was a swing and a miss, um, and he did have a called strike on it as well. So uh, 50% CSW percentage, right? Two strikes on four pitches thrown, um, and it wasn't put in play a single time. Wasn't Nobody even made contact with it. So 
I, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I'm not sure if that was just like a, we're going to keep them off, throw them off guard here and try and uh, try and throw a pitch that you're not used to seeing. But I thought it looked pretty sharp. He had good movement on it. I thought that the swing and miss, especially, I thought was set up really, really well. Jake Rogers did a great job behind the plate again. Yeah, thought it was nice. Then Jose Cisnero goes one and two thirds, two strikeouts, a perfect ball. This, I, I feel like the last three or four outings he's had, every single time I've said, this is the best Jose Cisnero outing of the year. This is the best Jose Cisnero outing of the year. He's looked good. He's looked really, really good. The fastball topped out at 97 in this ballgame. The cutter looked good. Uh, but the biggest thing in this game, I, I would challenge anybody to find a, an outing this season in which Jose Cisneros' changeup moved and looked better than it did on Tuesday night's game. I thought it was a disgusting pitch. It was lethal. Uh, it, it was also, I mean, it was very effective. He only threw it four times. It had three whiffs. Uh, he, he looked phenomenal out there. And again, like for a guy who's usually a one inning reliever to go out there and give them almost two innings of work when they desperately, I'm going to keep saying it, need innings out of their pen. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. We're going into the finale tomorrow and then we will have a day off on Thursday, a much needed day off at that. So yeah, for this finale, uh, the Tigers play the Royals at 110 Eastern time. Brady Singer against Matthew Boyd. Brady Singer has had a very, very rough season. He started off really brutal uh, and then has gotten a little bit better lately. But for the most part, this is still, I mean, he's got a 6-3 ERA on the year. <sighs> Please do not lose a series to the Kansas City Royals. You, you you can't. You can't justify that. You can't look yourself in the mirror after this game if you lose on Wednesday and and think that this season – okay, I don't want to get too dramatic. I'm not trying to say that, like, this is the season, okay? I, I got a little carried away there. But I, genuinely, though, like, I, I – there, there's no excuse to lose a, a series. There's no – you should have swept them. You should have swept them. And I said it earlier, but you you were Kerry Carpenter away from going into this game already down 0-2. If it wasn't for a Kerry Carpenter home run on Monday, we'd be talking about a, a what? what? Two? You scored two runs without that homer? Three? And then a shutout against two of, uh, against just in general, the worst rotation in baseball. Them are the A's. The A's are pretty bad. <laughs> but you get my point. And Brady Singer has the same numbers as the last two guys. <laughs> He's been no better. Now, this dude in his career has dominated the Tigers, but you already faced him once this year and you tagged him. Zero excuse. Matthew Boyd had a good outing his last time out. Hopefully he can repeat that against a not very good Royals lineup. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Detroit Tigers, oh my gosh, are we still only four games out? Did the Twins lose? Let's check this really quick. Um, This is great. Radio, wow, yeah, the Twins got destroyed. So the Detroit Tigers at 10 games under 500 are four games out of first place, baby. Shout out the AL Central with the 36 and 38 Minnesota Twins at the top of the division. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping.
the finale against the Kansas City Royals. Be sure to check out the Sirius XM Tigers broadcast. You can just open the Sirius XM app, search Detroit Tigers, and you will get the home broadcast come up on that app. Great way to listen to the ball game. Gosh, what a frustrating game. Well, I, I, I feel like I have more to say, but I, I think I'm just going to let it be. Frustrating, frustrating game. Don't let it happen again. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.